The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. And good morning. We're back at it talking real estate. We're always welcoming your phone calls and text messages if you happen to have a real estate type of question this morning. And who's here? It's Chris and Andy, as usual. Good to see you guys. You too. Yeah, you have well, a good you have a good week. You, you we were just talking a little bit about uh, you know answering that question, mm-hmm. and you were trying to share with me the, the, the what, what the situation is kind of like now. Inventory is yeah, well the low. the inventory's lower, sales are uh, are starting to show that now. So there's you know year over year, and I don't know the exact numbers in Minneapolis, but I know that nationally we were talking like the amount of houses quantity that were sold was about seven and a half percent less year over year, and we're starting off the year a little slower than that even, where we're at 1.5% under in Minneapolis, where we were trending last year at this time. So that's on closed sales. But here's what's crazy. Like Chris and I were just talking, but it's nuts out there. I mean, it's like we're seeing people coming out of the woodwork. We're seeing, you know, it, it was a little slower going through the holiday season, but now, my goodness, is it getting busy out there. Is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think people are um, kind of going crazy because obviously we don't know. I, I've been in multiple offer situations where – my person has not been winning, and uh, I mean we're not we're not like I mean our offers are good. I mean and real good. So I think people are just I mean really going crazy. And I think I think you got to watch that. You know, as a yeah. seller, that's one thing to kind of watch for is because uh, I mean we've all had it once they purchase it yeah. and say they're going to do it, then they do the inspection, kind of hold you hostage, get stuff because mm-hmm. they're trying to get money back, yep. and then all of a sudden the appraisal comes in, and it comes back lower. All of a sudden, we're 30 days into the process, and mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Say, nope, and then put it back on the market, or do you, you know, kind of start negotiating again? Well, and I had a suggestion for you, Chris, that on the offers that you submit, that the actual offer letter on the front that you normally write about the buyer, you keep writing it about yourself. Yeah. I think you should yes. switch it to the buyer instead I know, of yourself. but Denny keeps talking about the 8.5 by 11. I thought if I signed it, it would work. But Do you know who's presenting this offer? <laughs> and by the way, let me give the phone number and text number if you have a real estate question. 651-989-9226. Text, meanwhile, is 81807, guys. Yeah, so as, as far as the market um, goes, it is, it, it's really good out there. And I'll tell you what, if you've, if you've thought about maybe moving up into that, uh, into that next home, I'll tell you, and you've got a home that's kind of in and under that $300,000 range, you just get an excellent opportunity to to maximize what you're getting there. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, depending on how far you're going up, to be able to get a good deal. Well, you and I talk about this where you feel like you're ahead of the game a little bit, where you're actually a, 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 you're performing better than the average seller. And that is in that under 300 range. I mean, there's just so, it's so tight. And then, 
you know, like we've talked about, I think the problem we've run into in new construction as well, and I've talked with several developers since we talked about this affordability report that came out a couple of weeks ago talking about how it's more expensive to build and what can we do. And the bottom of the market, if you think about this just for a second, Denny, you have a, let's say you have a nice split entry home that's a two bedroom, one bath with a two car garage, normal 900 to 1,000 square foot house. Okay. Well, those houses are about 300000 to $320,000 right now. When you do the math on that, you're paying $300 a square foot. There's a lot of inventory out there. It just doesn't represent a very exciting purchase for somebody because they're coming, they're paying a premium to get into new houses, but they're not getting a lot for their money. So it's almost becoming extinct, that part of the market, because even though the price points are under 300, which everybody's shooting for, people walk in and go, this is it. This is it, yeah. Yeah, and they say, well, you know what, forget it, then let's not buy this, or let's go after the existing market where we can buy at $150 or $125 a square foot. And get that additional square footage may not be brand new, but I think that that's where the pressure and the frustration is festering right now. Because we were hoping that the builders could bring on stuff under three in the 350, even under 400. And it's just, it's it's pretty darn tight. It's really hard. It's kind of interesting, too, that um, in January, I had a couple listings that uh, listed went over full price and mm-hmm. uh, and a couple closings this, this last week. And one of the buyers had said that, you know, yeah, we paid over for it, but I'll tell you what, what I'd have to pay for that right now mm-hmm. and getting it is even more. So, you know, some of those people that were grabbing them, and I think some people are, some buyers are kind of like, you know what, I don't want to get into that bidding war. Right. We have that a lot where, you know, you go out and say, if there's two people that want to uh, make an offer on the house, mm-hmm. sometimes what the listing agent will do is say, hey, I, obviously their seller has to agree to this, but be able to say, hey, we're going to take highest and best offer and it's not going to be until Monday night at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens sometimes mm-hmm. is sometimes those offers that might have been two might end up at one mm-hmm. or none. And, and the reason I've had buyers retract because they don't want to deal with games. Yeah. And that, that is just so we're crystal clear on that. When you pull that shenanigans on people, you're playing a game with a real buyer that came in. They did their due diligence. They came in fast. They wrote a great offer fast. And then they're waiting for a good answer. They're trying to play the game very fair. And when you do the old, well, let's wait three days and see what else happens, that, that's a real kick in the shins. I do mean, ever, a lot of buyers get upset. Do you ever contact their agent and say, hey, come on, you guys. What are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely, you do. All the time. Yeah. All the time. You know, but on the other side, I mean, they got to do what the seller wants to do. That's and, right. Yep. And I'll tell you what, sometimes, I mean, it works too, mm-hmm. you know, and where they'll, they'll end up getting more money because people – what, they, what people start doing is they don't start thinking logically. They start thinking with their hearts and saying, you know what? No, we want this one. I got to be in. This is perfect. They're willing right. to close the end of uh, March, you know, mm-hmm. like when I want to be able to be in and blah, blah, blah. But if you're an agent on the other side and we do it and you try to put every, um, you know, everything that that seller wants, you know, and then you got to kind of deal with the price. But some people are just. Um, well, I've had deals recently, Denny, break apart because they don't have terms on closing that will work for both parties. And nobody wants to flex. The, the The seller is getting what they want for sale price. The buyer's coming in and saying, but I need to close quicker or I want to close in 45 days or 30 days if they can. And the seller's like, well, I don't have a place to go yet. So I'm, I'm okay with letting your offer go. I haven't seen that in years. I mean, that was the early 2000s where we were seeing stuff like that happen where people were, as sellers, Receiving an offer contingent upon them finding something that's acceptable for them or giving the the two-week window saying, hey, I as a seller want two weeks to find a place to move to or we're not going to accept your offer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I, I think so. Too. I mean, if a, a closing doesn't work out, I mean, from the buyer's side, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going you're gonna to depend. 
you're going to decide on whether or not you want a house if it's two weeks later and you can't store your stuff and go go stay somewhere. I mean, to not get the right house, then right. obviously I would be a little – I would, on well, the other seller side, I'd be really leery yes. of that person, you know, because if they're going to – Throw it away because of two weeks. You know what are they going to do when the inspection? But what comes? if the two weeks goes by, you miss three other properties that were perfect for you because you're waiting for that person to tell you no in two weeks? That's I think the the fear. But you know, on the other hand, I mean, think about somebody when you put your house up for sale, you should know when you're willing to close, so that even in the MLS remarks and the agent remarks, you say, "Listen, we're looking for a July, you know, fifth closing. We want to spend the holiday at the lake right up till the end of the holiday, and then we're going to sell the cabin." Or whatever. You can put that in there. At least the buyers coming in then know what your expectations are for. So they don't just write an offer saying, hey, we want to move in by Memorial Day and, and it doesn't work out. So Yeah, seller, seller expectations and, and what they really need, I think, is that's a really smart idea, especially if you're getting multiple offers. Because mm-hmm. we've all had them and where we've had, you know, two to 20 offers. And I'm telling you, when those come in, you're all over the board. I mean, you're checking. You know, there's a ton of things. There's right. earnest money. You know, there's closing date. What type of financing they're going to do? How long mm-hmm. is the inspection addendum? Is there any other contingencies that they're doing? What right. personal property? And you start looking at them in all over the place. But right. if you set up the expectations of, hey, here's our closing mm-hmm. date. Here's what we're looking at. Here's what we don't want to give away, blah, blah, blah. Now we're just dealing with price. And, and you know, easier. but think about this, Denny, too. I mean, if you also have an offer that comes in and they do agree to go as far out as July 5th, for an example. Mm-hmm. And so you get to have the first big two holidays of summer at your last, you know, yay hurrah at the cabin. Somebody's going to offer you, it, you'd think, less because they're like, hey, if I'm going to have to wait and I'm going to miss these two big holidays and I wanted to be there, you know, their offer is going to be a little more honest with you instead of overpaying you for being out of there quick. You know, so those are the things you have to really sit down and strategize with your real estate agent on so that you can get the best offer that fits your needs. Makes sense. Tell you what, let's do this. I know we have callers, we have texters. Yeah, we do. And if you do have any kind of a real estate question, do it. Uh, call in 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on CCO Around every uh, Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour. Chris and Andy in studio with us uh, answering your questions. You want to call in a real estate question? 651-989-9226. Text uh, we'll, we've got a bunch of those already. Eight one eight zero seven guys. Uh, well, before we do that, you wanted to bring yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to tell you, Danny. This week we had a, a new home. Uh, we sold, and, and the homeowner we sent them over some flowers, and so the flowers arrived at the homeowner's house, and uh, the card said "Rest in peace." Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, that a good move. Oh, that's Andy. Just uh, got it to the wrong place, but I know that a- that owner was pretty angry. Yep. Ended up calling that florist. Yep. And uh, you know the florist was obviously embarrassed and stuff like that, and and stated, you know, hey, I, I understand that you're angry, but he says, but can you imagine that the other party that's at a funeral somewhere today taking place that has the flowers with a note saying congratulations on your new home? <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen that coming. <laughs> Maybe some text questions. A real estate joke. <laughs> Focus. All yeah. right. Say there's a text that did come in here at 81807 and says, and you guys heard this multiple times, is it okay to sell a starter home that is not completely updated or will it sell faster with updated paint and bathrooms, kitchen, et cetera? Starter home at what price would be my question because starter yeah. home is a descriptive term because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people, there's there's investors out there, there's people that want to downsize. So First time home buyer, I get what they're trying to say. It's just basically it has basic, I'd assume basic features, basic amenities, 
And uh, that house is probably the most demanded out there right now, and you could probably do just fine just putting it up for sale. You could, but the other part is is you're also going to eliminate buyers and probably leave money on the table. And why I say that is that there's a lot of buyers out there that mm-hmm. have the money and can finance it, but they don't have the money to finance it and then fix it up. So, I, I mean, in every circumstance, I would always – ultimately, it's their decision, but I would always – Tell them, hey, yeah, if you did that, I mean, we're going to be able to raise the price substantially. Right. Because it just eliminates objections for other people. Well, and we've talked about this, too. There are some things, like if, if you're kind of putting the, um, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the final touches on, the, you know, the, as they jokingly say, the lipstick. You're painting, you're touching up, you're cleaning yeah. up the hardware, you're cleaning up the floors, and you're putting minimal dollars into that house. I think it's, it, it's easy to say, yes, that return will be there. But when we, Chris and I talk about updating – you do have to be careful because not everything you do in that house will give you back 100% return, let alone a profit. So you may get a higher sale price, but if you, let's say you do $10,000 worth of improvements and you only get $8,000 more for the house, we can all do that math. But if you did $10,000, you can get twenty. Obviously, that's, you know, so you want to talk to a real estate professional, I'd say, have them out and guide you, like Chris would be happy to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> With his flowers. <laughs> what else we got here? Oh, let's, tell let's you what, try this, that other this text. Is, this is a multiple one here, so uh, be patient because it's got okay. about four or five different levels to it. Uh, okay, let's see if I can piece it together. Uh, do, do, we are finishing the lower level in a two-level split, adding one, be- uh, one bedroom and one bath downstairs, making it a total of uh, four bedroom, three baths. The fourth bedroom uh, really uh, to be used by me much and I'm hoping to make it more of a flex space, maybe with French doors, with glass, so it feels more open, and uh, and what not as closed off as it is a walkout, though. Does that affect sales much as far as value? Do people see those flex rooms as more of a positive, uh, or as more of a, uh, a negative? And it's not really a bedroom, it's it. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be in this house, so I do want to make sure I'm getting the best return just in case I'm here for another couple of years. And it's really smart to ask prior to doing it for sure. Um, I don't see any problem with a flex room. And I think here's when, when you were talking, when they were, when you were reading that, I was kind of thinking about, you know, what the definition of a bedroom is. And I think this is interesting because people think a bedroom has to be, I mean, 70 square feet. It's got to have a high enough ceiling. It's got to have a door. It's got to have an egress window and a closet, but that's not necessarily the case. A bedroom is described on the MLS based on what your city says a bedroom is. Mm-hmm. So if your city says that you don't need a closet to be, have it be considered a bedroom, mm-hmm. you can count that as a bedroom. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we talk about this all the time. Right. But I'll tell you what, being able to have a split entry, be mm-hmm. able to say four bedrooms versus three, yes. I think is huge because now it makes people think that, hey, we can grow into it more. That has the highest octane, I would say, is getting the bedroom count higher because we have people that will eliminate your showing because they don't have the right amount of bedrooms. They don't eliminate your showing because of a flex room. So what will happen is if you can categorize that as a maybe on the MLS and you meet all the criteria, you call it a bedroom, and then you put a note on the door that says, we've used this as a yoga room, this as a piano room, as a uh, day bed, uh, office, formal dining, whatever it is, and then those people can visualize that as being their space, right? So I think that's the biggest thing is to get people into the house, get them in the door, and then let them allow their creativity to take charge. Yep, exactly. Tell you what let's do. We have another half hour of the show to go. Let's, uh, let's t- take a break here. We'll have a look at that forecast, things like that. So don't go away. If you do have a real estate question, call us at 651-989-9226 or send a text, and we'll get back to that uh, text screen in a moment. 81807. 
And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO. If you have that kind of a question, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you want to use it. Or if it's easier, send us a text, 81807. Chris and Andy, you and I were, uh, you guys were t- telling me that this yeah. were, you're both going to be in uh, Vegas this week. Such tough duty. Yeah, yeah we're out there the for the rematch convention. convention. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Last year, actually, Chris and I overheard a real estate agent, and he was talking to the devil, Denny. <laughs> and he, uh, he says, look, I can make you richer, more famous, and more successful than any other real estate agent alive. In fact, I can make you the greatest agent ever to live. And that agent then said, well, what do I got to do in return? The devil smiled at him, Danny, and said, hey, of course, you have to give me your soul. He says, well, you also have to give me your kids' souls and uh, your children's children's souls. In fact, you're going to give me all of your descendants throughout eternity. And then that agent said, you know, wait a minute. What's the catch? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, there's, sounds there's like a, a realtor. Estate, yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're we, we'll stop. Ourselves. That's it. Yeah, we that's will stop. No more. Uh, the guys are auditioning for the comedy store <laughs> down the block here. Yeah, we should probably talk real estate. <laughs> we should Let's focus. talk real estate. Right. Uh, 651-989-9226. Calls are coming in. Uh, text uh, as well, 81807. Here's one. New construction question. Any idea how much per square foot it will cost to build a lake home on Pelican Lake near Detroit Lakes, 900 feet on the main and second level for 1,800 square foot max. We will be tearing down our small cabin built in the 30s. Thank you. Mm. Well, I think, Eddie, first of all, that, yeah. I think that's an interesting question because how people um, take built per square foot, now, are we just talking the house? Now, typically right. on a lake, there's a lot of excavation that has to happen, some landscaping that has to happen, site conditions that have to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people put that into that figure. Let's just stick with what the house is instead. You know, and that's that's a, a little – I'm going to stretch my uh, my thoughts here a little to get you that answer. But I would guess – here's what I would say. So, you know, and, and I'm assuming they said they were building a Rambler, was it, or a two-story? Two, two levels. Two levels. Yeah. So, you know, I would budget anywhere from 100 and – Ten to one hundred and thirty dollars a square foot, you know, without the land, and that'll give you luxury. Should get you pretty nice amenities. You can always spend more, but I mean, well, that—that's what it goes for right now. I mean, yeah. if you look at like a Rambler or a two-story in today's market, like I can build you a two-story in Plymouth with about five thousand square feet, a you know, a big sport court, the whole thing loaded, nicely loaded, and you're at about one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty dollars a square foot landscaped and done with the land, and those lots are two hundred and twenty thousand over there, so. That's just a real rough, yeah. you know, I think number. You kind of got to watch out, too. I mean, so if you're on a lake, you're obviously going to have probably a lot of windows. You want to be able yes. to enjoy that lake. You know, so then your cost per square foot kind of You could spend $200 on. a square foot right. without the land. I mean, without a, a doubt, you know, and, right. and yeah. We should ask Dennis. He's going to be building his place up uh-huh. in up. Aren't you up by Pelican Lake, Dennis? Uh, north of Duluth. North, north of Duluth. Duluth. Okay. okay. Well, All right. All right. Let's, let's go to the phones. I think Bob has been waiting there in Minnetonka. Bob, the guys are listening. What's your question, please? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we're going to sell our house and we have not had any radon testing done, um, what's the requirement for us? Because I believe the state now requires radon testing to be done for any uh, new you know, any home sale. So, I mean, is that a negotiable as far as if a positive result is found? Yeah, Bob. Um, well, on who has to fix it? Yep. Um, first of all, Bob, that it, it's not a it's not a code that you have to do. 
Um, the state does not require you to do that. Now, most buyers have on a, a radon existing test. Homes, yeah. On an existing home, yeah, have, yeah, on a new construction it does. But most buyers uh, will have a test on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that exceeds, what, four – what is a – PCLs. Yeah, about four. Yeah. You get a four or higher, you're usually looking to find a solution. Yeah, and then they're, they're typically trying to uh, negotiate that with the seller, and the reason being because the seller then has to disclose that those ratings to somebody else. Yeah, and then the, typically people say, "Hey, that you, you need to do that," but you, you I know, but, say do it yeah. ahead of time. I, I just had a really interesting. I got a, a gentleman that I've worked with, and and he, he he begged me to say this. He lives in Hangover, Minnesota. Hanover, you know. And uh, we sold this house. He lived there 47 years. When we tested the house, there was a five on the radon. He's 96 years old and probably the healthiest 96-year-old man I've ever met in my life. And he says, I was down there watching TV and working in my shop every day. He said, I don't have any. So there's always that argument, okay? Now, the other side of it, with new construction, we put in a radon, passive radon mitigation system, which means it captures the radon. If there's any, it comes up, hits the poly under the concrete, goes to the drain tile systems, or into the capture system of whatever they choose to use. And then it goes up and out of the house naturally, um, you know, just going right up. Not drawn up by a fan. Correct. Yeah. And then they go to active when they flip the fan on. And so, you know, but on an existing house, I bet you're going to spend, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, depending on how difficult the project is to add a mitigation system. Um, So when he his the end of his question, maybe you can answer this, Chris, is it a proactive? Is it a good idea? Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I mean, so he's in Minnetonka, so yep. most likely that's not a, a newer home, right? Um, but uh, very competitive market. Mm-hmm. And I think what what makes a difference is that all of a sudden someone comes into your house, and that just eliminates one of their objections yep. or, or something that they don't have to think about. So let's just say that it is high, mm-hmm. and you and you get a six rather than having that you know bombshell thrown on them during the inspection mm-hmm. where it might make them a little leery maybe they have kids and thinking oh my gosh they're going to have yeah, right. seven legs because of uh, this radon thing um <laughs> rather than doing that hey if it is that high put in the mitigation system ahead of time and now people are looking at your house and saying right. wow well this one already has a radon mitigation system so you so know. then what happens when they do the radon test and they still have a 6 in their basement with the system in place then your kid has seven legs. Right. It, yeah. Well, I mean, because it, it, it happens, Denny. I mean, there's there's all the – what a lot of people it don't can. realize is that, that – Even with a system in it? They, they, when they, essentially – one that had to put two fans in. Yeah, and they'll have to put two fans in, or they may have an open space. Like a lot of people used to do additions in the old days, and then they would have the open space so that the heat would get in there to keep the floors warm. Oh, yeah. But then there'd be no concrete or there'd be no barrier, so there'd actually be open soil and that a lot of times will leak. It, you know, the soil it comes up sure. naturally through the soil and can just float down into the basement and sit there. So it's you really have to look at the whole picture is what I would say. So if, if Bob's curious and he would like to buy a house where he would like that done, I say do it. And then just understand that you may be opening up a can of worms that you're going to have to deal with more than just putting in a $1,500 pipe in your basement. You could end up being a four or $5,000, you know. Yeah. We, we had a client purchase a, a home that had been vacant for almost a year mm-hmm. and uh, went in and did the radon test and came back at 55 and uh, we're like, what? There's no way. Well, then, because of all the activity and open the doors and doing oh. all that kind of stuff, we so we had a second radon test and it came in at 11. Jeez. You know, so it went from 55 to 11, but it was the size mm-hmm. of the house. That's the house that ended up getting two different fans, and mm-hmm. they were able to do it under two then at that point. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be fixed. I had another house that was on a lake that varied big time, and actually, um, what, who is it that even uh, uh, regulates this whole thing? Um, Whoever. It's it's with Department the state. Health? They actually use this house to be yeah. able to kind of they're the judging. EPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using it for the 
um, kind of like rankings because this thing fluctuates. It goes up mm-hmm. and down all the time, and it's really kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But they got a big system in this one. Well, and it's important. I think that if you're a buyer and you're out there looking at houses, even with the radon mitigation system in the house, I would say if you, I was helping you, I'd say let's still get the radon test to make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And Absolutely. then buyer beware. Back to the phones we go. Alan is calling from St. Paul. Alan, you're on CCO. Thank you. Yeah, hi, guys. I know the uh, parade of homes is coming up here, and I haven't went and got my book yet at Holiday, but I'm going to probably be a relatively serious buyer. And I want to know, if I decide to get to the point where I'd like to write an offer in one of these places that I look at, is it better to write the offer through your own real estate person or just do it through the parade of homes or... I mean, just for my own protection. Yeah, it, yeah. let me ask you one a, a question. Um, how what what price point are you in that you're looking Probably at? Probably about three fifty to four fifty. Okay, and do you deal with that all the time? Well, just to be crystal clear, real estate agents are not allowed to offer motivation for you to buy directly. It's against our code of ethics. Um, there, basically, that, let's say the agent in the house is making a percentage from the builder. They're paid to protect the builder's best interests and make sure that the build process goes smooth for the builder. They also know the builder's process very well. We deal with customers all the time. I say you get about the same experience. What an agent can do, though, is an agent can come in and make sure that you're understanding, interpreting, uh, making sure that everything's soaking in and that you, before you sign something, you really understand what you're signing. I think a real estate agent's worth its weight in gold when it comes to writing an offer, um, especially if they have experience with new construction behind them and they know exactly how the house was constructed. They know what to expect. Um, they can help you with researching the builder's warranty, the follow-ups, the everything. And so um, I think real estate agents – and then eventually, let me put it this way. If you ever get into a fight down the road and you're sitting across the table from the builder, that agent, and their attorney, and you're sitting by yourself, wouldn't you rather have uh, an agent sitting next to you with your brokerage's attorney to help you? I would. Well, here's the other thing, too. Building doesn't happen in, in close in 60 days. It's a process that it takes. And it, you know, mm-hmm. could take 90 to nine months, 90 days to nine months. And that's a long process to go through. And if you don't understand, and there's there's certain milestones when you have to go out and do the electrical walkthrough and watch the framing and stuff like that, I, I think it's real important to have an agent with you. Yeah. And, and a lot of people say, well, the agents, all they did is came in and wrote the offer. When a real estate agent comes in, if you add up the amount of hours that they spend when they build new construction, I think real estate agents are grossly underpaid with the buyer rep side of the transaction because the amount of times they're at meetings, the calls, the phone calls, the construction calls, the consoling, the counseling, it, it, they're, they're, in my opinion, a um, great asset to have in the industry. Good. Uh, let's get a Brent's opinion here on something here. Uh, Brent in Bloomington, what is your question or comment? Well, I just wanted to reach out and sort of uh, chime in a little bit as it relates to radon. I'm a certified radon measurement tech myself, so I just kind of wanted to reach out uh, as it related to that last caller um, with the home in Minnetonka about should we do it or should we not? Um, and just to kind of, you know, relay what you had already said, you know, it's it's not required by the state for real estate transactions. However, you have to um, disclose any tests that have been done prior. That being said, it's going to be done by every single buyer um, with a few exceptions. Um, so I think it's smart to get ahead of it, get a good measurement, and then mitigate ahead of time. Otherwise, it's going to slow your closing and, and create, you know, greater issues down the road. It's going to be something that you as the home seller is going to have to pay for regardless. So um, let's get it done now and not have to worry about it later, right? All right. That sounds good. You guys advise the same thing. And typically that he's he's right on that. But sometimes it can be negotiated. Uh-huh. So, but That's typically good advice, it's Brent. the seller. 
All right. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate that. Taking the time. Lee, hang on. You're next. And uh, if you want to send a text, 81807 related to real estate, we'll uh, take that from you. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show. If you have that kind of a question, you can call it in or you can uh, text it in. Here's the phone number. And we have a line open if you want to use it. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Let's go to the phones, guys. Uh, Lee is calling in from Brooklyn Park, I believe. Uh, Lee, what is your uh, question, please? I live in Brooklyn Park, and they're going to build a freeway on 252. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the area. In 252, they're going to build a freeway. They've been working on it a couple of years already and doing the environmental study. I do got some information that MnDOT might buy my house, but they're not going to make a decision until this coming December. Um, I'm ready to move now, but do I stay here and wait for MnDOT to buy my home and give me a decent price, or um, do I buy now? Uh, because obviously prices are going to go up. They always go up. Um, yep. What's mm-hmm. your advice? Well, and what do I got to disclose to a new home buyer if I decide to sell my house before I leave? That's a great question, Lee. But, yeah. In that first one is you have to disclose. If you've gotten any notices or anything, there, there's even an inkling of it. You've got to let that uh, purchaser know. But, Andy, you know that Brooklyn Park area really well. Yeah, I grew up there. Um, so, yeah, I, I looked at 252. I know a lot of us fought it at first. We used to all struggle going up West River Road, if you remember back in the day. I don't know if you've ever had to do it. But we used to live in Minneapolis, drive up West River Road on our way to our cabin in Big Lake, and it was a big deal to get up to Big Lake. Now, with all the roadways, it's easy, of course. And 252 is is definitely um, in in good time now, ready to be expanded again. It's it's always full. It's stop and go. It's um, probably a, a project for the better good. Anyway, long story short, um, when you deal with counties, you deal with um, the different municipalities, there's um, a good idea is to secure um, a real estate attorney that would actually be um, specialized in that kind of eminent domain or, you know, I forget what the other terms are, but there's, they actually have specialists that will help guide you through that process, make sure that your offers are fair, that it's in, you know, it's just to you. Um, Just like anything else though, it's, you're not winning the lottery. You're being displaced from your home. Um, and coincidentally, you want to move, Lee, but I'm saying there's a lot of people that won't want to move, and they're going to be leaving there crying, and it's very upset. It's a, that's why the political process is intentionally dragged out as long as it is, to cool everybody's hot emotions over time, in my opinion. I mean, I may be wrong, but um, what's your opinion with that, Chris? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, if, I, I'd look at maybe even an option. When it's up in the air like that, you just, I mean, if someone's going to buy your house and then have it taken away, in six months from now, it's probably not going to happen. Well, the only reason why you'd buy it as an investor is so you could make a 10% return or a 15% return in the next 12 months. Yeah, and try to – and hopefully yeah, negotiate with uh, you know them taking away your house and getting paid more. So. Well, and plus MnDOT will see that sale, and they're going to come in there and say, we know what you're doing, and yeah. they're not going to – If I went into that house, I would I would say, you know what, I would wait and see what you can yeah. do and maybe try to push them a little. To and offer see you where early. You can go. Yeah, if you can do that. All right, a text came in a bit ago, and do you ever tell, uh, this is as a real estate agent, viewing an open house to go in, look around, and then stay outside and take some questions afterwards? I think that's on beachfront bargain properties. I watch that all the time. <laughs> I watch the agent say, oh, yeah, go ahead, go go inside, and I'll see you when you come out. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. I've never let someone on an open house just, you know, I'll stay outside and kind of let you go along. I stay out of their way, but you got to be somewhere close to be able to answer questions. A thousand percent. I mean, that's our job is to point things out. One of the things that, you know, an experienced agent will do is they wear a different set of goggles when they walk through a house than you do. You're looking at and thinking about the family and being in the house. The agent's looking at, okay, is there any water leaks? Is What do these windows look like? Is there a furnace that's going to run for a few years for these guys or gals? 
And, and you know, that that's a different set of eyes, like you say, like I would say, my dad eyes go in there and I start thinking about, okay, kids, you're going to have to replace the roof and the furnace and the windows. And that's what they're looking at. So open houses are great to see you as a consumer. Do I fit into this house? Is this somewhere where we could raise our family? Is this some place where we could downsize, retire or whatever it might be? And then have your agent in there making sure that you're making a wise decision. Texter uh, wants to know, well, I'll just quote it. I would like to find a contract for deed house. What's the best way to find one? Well, why don't we um, define what a contract for deed is? That, that Typically, it's an owner-financed home. So the mm-hmm. owner is willing to be the bank for that person. Typically, people offer a contract for deed because maybe their house is hard to sell mm-hmm. and or it's maybe not in great condition. And then sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? Rather than I don't need the money, rather than taking um, and putting in a savings account and getting 1%, I'll charge you 6% and be mm-hmm. able to make money on that. Well, and, and remember this, buyer beware again. Even when you're buying on a CD, you, you're, a lot of times they're going to ask you for money down. You're going to agree to a purchase price in two years now. What if that purchase price gets adjusted or whatever? And now you're subjective to getting your own financing and you have to go in there and actually finance the purchase to buy out the original owner and the house, you set the price too high or you whatever. So I've actually been involved where I've sold houses on a contract for deed. The commissions that come in can pay the real estate agents if there's a decent down payment there. So you can have an agent involved to help you. And then you can avoid some of those long-term, as I say, having the rug pulled out from underneath you. And you're shocked that, oh, my gosh, this whole thing blew apart. And now I'm stuck. I gave them $10,000 down and I can't get my money back because of the terms. Be careful. And those are some of the consequences. But if I was to go try to find one, how would I go about doing that? His question is, and I'll tell you, um, I would look at, I mean, obviously in our our MLS, we can do searches and narrow it down that people are offering it. But I think another way in which to do it is to be able to maybe find a house that's been on the market a while, Mm -hmm. you know, because at that point they're probably like, gosh, I'm getting sick of this and might you know, bringing that idea of a contract for deed for them. Some people don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but if you explain it to them and tell them what it is, some people are like, well, gosh, yeah, I've done that with a lot of my sellers. And they're like, heck yeah, I've got one right now. This guy is uh, waiting for um, uh, an inheritance Mm -hmm. that's not coming until June, but he wanted to be in. He paid us full price to be able to do it. He he gets his money in June, and we're going to close in June instead. And just remember, a seller that has a contract for deed offer that came in, no matter what it is, your down payment has to be sufficient enough to be able to cash out the contract that that seller's under. So if they have a five, six, seven percent commission, whatever the, you know, I mean, whoever charges whatever they charge, um, that down payment usually has to exceed that so that the seller actually gets some money too, so that the sale's worth it to them as well. Final text here, I think, before we run out of time. Are houses of 3,500 square feet on property of 20 acres selling very well in the Elk River area? Elk River, Andy, that's you. Well, yeah, actually, you know, depending on the condition of the home and, you know, the what I would say, Danny, is to add value with acreage. Identify, can I have horses, number one? How many horses can I have? How can I have a pole, a pole barn? barn? Yep. yep. Are the kids moving in there? to? Dri- I've sold houses to people on acreage because their kids are into dirt bikes. Can you ride dirt bikes? Can are you, you know, is there ordinances? Um, but the big thing is, is why are the people using the acreage? Maybe it's along Highway 10 up there and they want to put their business up on the front and they have a towing business and they have outdoor storage and it's allowed. It could be a great opportunity. So, yes, to answer your question, yes, it is selling depending upon the zoning. You got to give people the information to make an informed decision. And every time someone has more information, they typically pay you more. If they have to try to figure it out themselves and then they start thinking about it too much, give it to them all at the beginning. I'll tell you, anytime you market, Danny, anything as a horse farm, you you get – 
twice as many eyes looking Do you at really? It. People love horses, and those that have horses find it hard to find decent properties that allow them to have riding stables and, uh, you know, the different... Uh, but but yeah. having that all in place is yeah. a heck of a lot cheaper than, say, let's just this home in Elk River is just a home, but they can put all this stuff on. They can mm-hmm. do what they want, but it's like new construction versus existing. Right. You're going to pay for it. Or you get a guy like me that goes in there and sees 20 acres and says, hmm, can I get 40 lots? You know, single family is a suit. Where's the suit? Development. Yeah, Development. Absolutely. Yeah, it's another audience. We're just about out of time, guys. How do we get in touch with each of you? I would go to chrisrooney.com. I, I would go to Andy Pras- No, I'm just kidding. I'd go to Prasky.com. But, you know, anybody thinking of selling, if you're under 400 right now, is a great time no, to get on the market. Okay. Talk to your agents and get going. All right, excellent. Well, uh, let's, by the way, you be safe now, and I'm sure you'll be uh, behaving yourselves in, uh, in Vegas. We'll be in class the whole time. I'm sure you <laughs> We're will. We're studying, Denny. Yeah, I'm sure. We're focused. Yeah, I got to see this homework. Okay, we'll see you next week. <laughs>